Welcome to the Moonshots Podcast. It's episode 148. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons, and as always, I'm joined by the Iron Man, Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. I don't know whether I could take the title of Iron Man considering who the topic of today's show on resilience really is. I mean, he's the real man made of iron, steel, and every other precious metal in the world. I think it could be right. I think he's a bit mad. I think he's done some amazing things. He would, I would even go far as to say he might be the David Goggins of the United Kingdom. I think you might be right. So today, Mike, you and I and our listeners are digging into the book, the uh, tome, the guidelines, <laughs> I suppose you could say, and the art of resilience by none other than Mr. Ross Edgeley, who is not only, Mike, a pretty well-known best-selling author, but he's won awards for his adventuring as well. And he's really focused his work, his experience, his physical um, explorations into adventure around the idea of resilience, which is perfect for the series that you and I are digging into at the moment. Yeah, it is um, a great body of work because he really sort of makes the uh, charts the course on how his mind was able to unlock this incredible feat um, amongst many things that he has done. What he has successfully done, and this is going to sound so crazy, are you ready? He swam around the entirety of the United Kingdom. This is 1,780 miles for 157 days. And of course, you know, he's, he's, you know, climbed up Mount Everest and done all these other things. But, but Mark, as a Brit, does it not strike you as lunacy and madness and almost the impossibility of it to swim around the United Kingdom? How freezing that must have been, how challenging that must have been. It is a very hostile coast, isn't it? Yeah, hostile is the is the only way I could probably describe it. I mean, you obviously don't have the luxury of having those warm waters. They're well known for shipwrecks, particularly up in the north coast around Scotland. You've got very treacherous waters. And I cannot even comprehend or imagine what it would have had to be like to put on your wetsuit, jump overboard of the boat that you're on and just swim day after day, hour after hour, month after month. <laughs> oh, listen, I'm so proud of a few laps of, of, yeah. a, of a beautiful pool, um, you know, and the sunshine of Sydney, Australia. I think, oh, wow, what a feat. But, but he went so much further and it was mind over matter. Mm. And what is ahead of us today, Mark, you and I and all of our listeners, we're going to break it down and uh, we're going to understand the role that uh, resilience plays in achieving so much. We're going to work out how he actually, you know, successfully swam around Great Britain and we're going to learn his process, his method. We're going to put it all together so we can not only like let our jaws drop, but what we will do is we'll pick ourselves up and learn how we can do it too. And I think, you know, this idea that we can study a book which is, as the byline on the book says, strategies for an unbreakable mind and body. And I think that is, well, that's a pretty exciting topic. It's totally on brand for us here at Moonshots. I'm very excited and I'm really glad too that we've got someone to compliment sort of Eric from last week who had, you know, all of that military experience uh, we had Angela, who was an academic and found out that resilience and grit is really the defining factor of success. Today, we've got someone who, from his own volition, chose to swim around Great Britain. We're going to work out how he did it. Mark, I'm excited. Where do you want to start? I want to start with none other than Mr. Ross Edgeley actually introducing us to how he pushes his limits and the idea that resilience redefines you. I believe that comfort comes at a cost. To know what you're truly capable of, you've got to push beyond your limits and keep pushing, demanding more and more of yourself. Physically, you adapt fast. But the mindset, that takes time. 
don't just switch off. You can't. You're not a machine. You wake up sore. Your body says stop. And you doubt yourself. I know I did. That's just human. But being resilient is about pushing through that doubt. Convincing yourself you can. That's the hardest part. But it's those moments, the ones you think will break you, that make you. Well, I mean, does that not just set the tone for a very different look into resilience, Mark? Yeah, like you say, Angela came at us with quite an academic breakdown of mm. resilience, which which was perfect. That was kind of like the building blocks, Mike. It was Works. building that foundation of, okay, well, what's the idea of grit? How can we, uh, you know, get our footholds and purchase a little bit on the idea of resilience? And digging into Eric, it was all about how he was helping his his friend based on some lessons that they learned within the Navy SEALs. Ross is coming at us today with well, I, I almost want to say, Mike, dare I say it, uh, an everyman approach. You know, he was a guy, mm. he didn't come through the Navy SEALs, uh, unless he, he was secretive, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but stealth, 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 Ross Edgley. No, but you're right. Like he, he's, he just brings it in the most relatable, simple terms because he wasn't in the military, so he doesn't have that sort of language. He, he wasn't like a professor at a big university. This is just another take on what is really uh, starting to appear to be the clear differentiator between success and failure. Mm. It seems to me those that don't give up, those that are, um, when they fear those triggers of fight or flight, they can use their mind to say, no, I'm going to push through it. And, you know, many, uh, many things stick to me about the relationship between, you know, athletic uh, achievements and achievements in life. And one of the themes that always seems to come up is that when we have these moments where we doubt ourselves, we want to run, or we want to kind of fight or, you know, our body is saying, to, to stop, to give up. It hurts too much. That often that that is a, a tipping point moment, which if we can break through that we discover, we have so much more potential inside of us. And this is a big theme that we've had on the show, isn't it? That it's the ability to understand you're pushing your limits and it's okay. Wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah. The, the, the admission that life can and will be uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, he, Ross calls out in that intro clip right there, which is, you know, kicked us off Mike. And I'm really excited to get into Ross's idea and art of resilience and building that unbreakable spirit of mind. You know, th this idea of comfort is perhaps a little bit too orientated into our lives now. Oh yeah. And the truth is that when you do expose yourself to difficult things, let's say, let's use a, a marathon or oh, let's, no, let's break it down. 10 K. You're going to go on some practice runs and your body will probably adapt quite quickly. You know, you might be able to get that little bit fitter. You'll be able to, you know, get um, moving a little bit quicker. But as mm. Ross calls out, mindset takes more time because you're almost conditioned into, let's call it the easy path, right? And everything like a 10K run or anything more significant, it's going to take that little bit more time and you're going to have to push through those comfortable limits. And that's such a consistent thing that you and I keep on running into with the idea of success. In order to be successful, you have to break through those, you know, let's call them comfortable limits. Because yeah. when you do, that's what sets you apart and enables you to go out and create something that's maybe a little bit more unique, or maybe go and do something that is a little bit more unexpected. And the, the context in which Ross Edgeley is inviting us to be resilient is a world where a lot of things provide us comfort and come so instantly. And if you're, if you're an old guy like me, you remember when there wasn't the internet and, uh, you know, you can't, you know, back in the day, if I wanted to, when I was a kid, if you wanted to know the answer to a tricky question, you'd have to go to the library and try and find a reference book and that kind of thing. Well, today we can just Google. If you want food, you just hit Uber Eats and it's here in half an hour. Like the, uh, there's a, a lot of things come to us instantly now. So this is what 
for me is so good to come back to hard work day after day. In fact, Ross Edgeley did it for 157 days as he swam around the United Kingdom, like totally, totally mad. And so he's got a lot of wisdom for us, Mark. He's got a bit of a playbook um, that will help us do it as well. Where should we start with Roger, uh, Ross Edgeley's book, The Art of Resilience? Well, I think, as you've just mentioned, it's all about hard work. And this concept of resilience that we keep on coming back to, we keep on seeing interact uh, with all of these moonshotters that we cover, it's all connected with success, isn't it? Mm. And a hard work is what underpins all of these individuals and all of the success, inverted commas, that they, they go out and do. So what better way to really dig into the guidelines and the books and the um, strategic direction that Ross can teach you and I and our listeners than actually hearing from Ross break down this concept of hard work and why it is in fact the answer to resilience. I want to quote you, and this is a quote that you said uh, recently, it was on one of your Instagram pieces, and it's this. It's my hope that people remember the Great British Swim as an example or an experiment in both mental and physical fortitude. This lost art of grit and determination that we used to have in the golden era of exploration. Hard work is so often the answer. The question is so often irrelevant. Right, yeah. What does that mean, that yeah. last sentence? I got um, swimming, and, and when we spoke all that time in February, I didn't realise how much um, that swimming solitary confinement would affect me. You know, But you are left alone with your own thoughts. Over 157 days, swimming for 12 hours a day, we worked out, I spent probably over 20 to 30 days on my own, staring at the bottom of a seabed with earplugs in. So I can't hear anything. I can't smell anything. So you are just purely left alone with your own thoughts. And um, when we spoke again in, in February, I, I, it was purely a theory at the time. And we spoke about, you know, central governor theory. And I was saying to you, Brian, I believe that fatigue's emotionally driven state that you use and, and, and your brain basically gets you to pull that physiological handbrake, you know, to make sure that you, you maintain homeostasis. You don't, you don't do any damage to yourself, you know, self-preservation mechanisms. And I said, I think, I theorize that you can override this. And you were doing Iron Mind at the time. And I was saying, there's going to be that moment during your Iron Man, And it's relative. It doesn't matter. You doing your Iron Man, me swimming around Great Britain. It doesn't matter. Somebody going to run their first 10 kilometer race, you know, they've never run before they're going to get to that point where their body says, this is fatigue, pull the physiological handbrake, you know, don't do damage to yourself. So that part of the end where I said, you know, hard work is so often the answer and, and the question is so often irrelevant. What I meant by that was during the Great British Swim and, and going back to the central governor theory, swimming became a really small part of it. It was just, are you going to get in, scrape ice off your wetsuit, which I had to Aberdeen. I remember it was the first day of autumn. I left my wetsuit out to dry. Um, it was two o'clock in the morning. The tide had changed. And I put it in and I was like, oh, and it's just a thin layer of ice. I scraped it off and I'm just putting it on like that. And, and no one was asking me to. I didn't have to get in the water. But if I didn't, that's a six hour tide that's gone. That could be 15 miles. And if you miss 15 miles and you add up just a few of those, um, all of a sudden, the window to actually swim around Great Britain, which is the, the British summer, which is very, very short. You're thinking kind of May to, and we've been lucky that I finished just yesterday. So, you know, November the 4th, I was lucky that we had a really good summer right. because it would have become impossible. We had Storm Callum and Storm Alley. Uh, they came in. And if, if you, if you're trying to swim around the top of Scotland in a storm, boats don't go around the top of Scotland. Never mind a swimmer. Really? So when I, the weather. Yeah, okay. yeah. You, you're, you're not going around Cape Roth at the top there. So northwest Scotland, you're not going around the top of there if you're getting Arctic winds from Iceland. You know, 50 knots smashing into the side of the west of Scotland. You're not going past there in a boat. You'll be just, you know, people have lost their lives out there. And so when I say hard work is so often the answer, you know, that the question is irrelevant. What I mean by that is on the Great British Swim, the limiting factor, the defining factor wasn't how high my elbows were on a swim, how how streamlined I was. What was my what was my head position? None of that mattered. But are you going to put your face in the water and are you going to get in for six hours and make 12 miles? Because if you do, you might make it around the top of Scotland before the British winter comes in and that's it. Hard work is the answer. I just, you know, I I think where this brings me to is 
that sometimes when we face great challenge and hardship and we feel like nothing is going our way, that it's so easy to think that either stopping or doing something else or maybe blaming the the conditions around you is the reason that we walk away from things. And I think it's such a powerful mantra that, you know, hard work is the answer. Um, and the question, and I love the fact, Matt, that he says, well, the question or the challenge you're in fa- you're facing really doesn't matter. Mm. Hard work is just the answer, period. I mean, that's pretty emphatic as a mantra. And I, I think of myself when I'm facing challenge and I love this idea of just hard work is the answer. Sticking to it is the answer. Grinding it out is the answer. And it's like we forget this. It's like our mind plays our tricks on us and says, wow, this is a crazy situation. You don't have to deal with it. It's like all the self-preservation stuff kicks in, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's a familiar topic that I think we've run into a few times, which is your, you can be your own worst enemy. I know that that lack of confidence or, or let's call it courage can kick in and, and make you question, well, do I want to get in the water? I love that, Mm -hmm. that little reference that Ross has, you know, I didn't have to get in, but if I didn't do it and I didn't put in the hard work, I'd have to do it later Mm. or there'll be a knock on effect of some kind. Uh, regardless of the challenge, regardless mm. of the question. All I had to do was put my face in the water. Is that what I'm going to do today? And this idea of hard work being the answer, no matter what that challenge is, speaks volumes to me because although I'm not trying to swim around, whether it's the northwest coast of Great Britain or any part of Great Britain, yeah. you know, there are going to be challenges that I run into on a day-to-day or week-to-week basis that to me is a similar situation. You know, it's going to feel like I'm having to Mm. get out of bed and swim around Great Britain and it's going to challenge my, you know, comfort zones. Don't you think it could be a great mantra to, to kind of almost build into yourself that whenever you're facing a moment of doubt, when all those little voices say stop, do something else, or blame others or whatever our temptation might be. Don't you think it's like, it's, I think it's pretty empowering if, if you can remind yourself and always come back to hard work is the answer. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Stay the course. If you know and can hold on to the fact that it's something that you should be doing, even though it's damn hard, it's something that you should be doing never allow yourself to entertain quitting, changing, blaming, judging, hold on to it. Hard work is the answer. And you know what? It doesn't matter what you're doing. Hard work. Pretty good, right? Yeah. I, I think it, I think it's really, it really is a valuable mantra. I mean, he also references the idea that fatigue is an emotionally driven state. And mm. I, I think the connection for me with that is fatigue comes in many, many forms, doesn't it? You know, you mm. wake up the morning after a, a stressful uh, run, let's say, and you can feel like, yeah, oh yeah, my muscles are a bit sore. I think equally, if the challenge is more of a, a physical, uh, sorry, a mental one, so mm. maybe it's a tough conversation, or maybe mm. it's a tricky project, or maybe it's uh, something else. I'm not sure. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just continual struggles. Then you're going to get emotionally fatigued And you're going to wake up or you're going to look at the problem and think, you know what, I I don't have it in me. Mm. But again, referencing and connecting it to, yeah, but hard work. Just keep on, keep on putting in that hard work. Mm. It doesn't matter. Just keep on putting it in, having a go, pushing yourself that little bit further beyond that mental fatigue. Mm. I think then that's how you can continue. Let's, let's say deal. You're dealing with that, that suffering that challenge, whatever it might be, hmm. uh, every single day by just, you know, like Ross is calling out, putting your face in the water, putting in that hard work and, and just swimming against it. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's very powerful. And I'll tell you what, Mark, 
I'll tell you who else is working really hard, and that's all of our members. They have been so great in coming in to support us. Um, it has been, I'm so grateful that we only recently started inviting people to become members uh, of the Moonshot podcast. And Mark, it's so great to see that people have answered the call, isn't it? Now, I think they deserve a bit of a, a bit of a roll call. So who do, who do we have to give a shout out to? Yep. I'm giving a roll call to all of our members of the Moonshot show. We've got Bob, we've got Niles, we've got John, we've got Terry, we've got Bridie, we've got Neil, we've got Sandy, Modulin, Ken, Diapmar, Tom, and Byron, a call out and a roll call to all of you guys. You are our favorites and you are most importantly joining us as we explore all of the different topics that we're diving into in the member series. Yeah. So, um, when you become a member uh, of the Moonshots podcast, I think it's really important you're supporting us because we have lots of bills to pay to put this show together. So we thank you. Um, we have several different hosting, uh, you know, providers. So I think right now our current members pay for one of those. Uh, the rest we pay for ourselves. So we're really grateful for you, our members, for supporting us and. We invite those of you who really do love the show, uh, you know, we create this value for you. We religiously put out this show every single week. And we ask that if you feel that you're getting something from us, we would ask you to become a member, support us, help us pay some of the bills. We'd love to um, build a Moonshots app, but of course we need to invest in that. So we'd really invite you to become a member because not only will you give us a dollar a month, a dollar a week, sorry, to help us invest in the in a show is you also get a VIP exclusive show called the Moonshots Master Series, where we go really, really deep on some of the topics that we cover in the Moonshots podcast. So you get a whole second podcast from the Moonshots guys. What a deal. So Mark, if you are fired up. If you want to support the show, if you want to become a member, where do you go to do this? That's right. If you want to hear our comprehensive deep dive into motivation, into first principles, as well as into collaboration and teamwork, listeners, pop along to www.moonshots.io, click on the banner at the top of the screen and become a member. As Mike was just breaking down, we've got lots of exciting things in our roadmap, but it's only going to be possible if you come and join us, give us your support and be part of our Moonshots family. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Now let's turn our uh, eyes back to and our ears back to Mr. Ross Edgley. Now we're going to start hearing some of the details of his Mad capped adventure, his 157 day adventure swimming around Great Britain. Hard work is so often the answer, and the question is so often irrelevant. If you focus on the process, the outcome is inevitable. You have just spent the last 157 days to become the first swimmer to circumnavigate the whole of Great Britain. This wasn't a physical experiment, it was mental. You're alone with your own thoughts. Your true self will be revealed to you whether you like it or not. I remember thinking, why are you doing this? The wounds are open, wounds just chafing the soul. Your tongue's falling apart. You've not been warm for 157 days. You're scraping ice off your wetsuit. I want to be warm and just have Sunday dinner with my family. As humans, we don't need a lot to be happy. This was kind of born out of a failure, right? I had failed to swim from St. Lucia to Martinique. I didn't do what I said I was going to do. It lit a fire under my belly. I kind of wanted that fairy tale ending, and then you got it. For those people to come out at the end, I felt reverberated across the sea, the energy. I think you were feeling this overwhelming connectivity, spirit of life. You're feeling something so powerful that it actually has a, an effect on your biology. It's just a little bit strange that I had to swim around Great Britain to almost discover that. But when you are in complete exhaustion, you find the most honest version of yourself. Alrighty, we've got a few different things in there, Mike, but they're all laddering up into a process mm. that we can dig into and learn about resilience, don't we? Yeah, I love that, that using that failed swim as his 
his uh, sort of fuel for the fire. And mm. I think if we're all honest, we've all not lived up to our expectations at some point in life, haven't we? And we can all use that. Yeah. Again, we've heard it from some of our other moonshotters as well, you know, whether it's the uh, Elon Musk running into roadblocks or, or disapproving looks from his childhood heroes. You know. Serena Williams. She exactly. Was big, she was big on like true champions. I measured how they, um, how they rise after a fall. That's right. You can use this uh, failure either of, of others or yourself in order to kind of fuel your approach into, uh, let's call it resilience, driving towards or swimming towards success in, in Ross's case. But I think what's interesting and most relatable to me, Mike, is Ross's uh, intro in that clip where he says it wasn't actually a physical challenge swimming around Great Britain that he had to, obviously uh, he had to eat, I think it was 12 and a half thousand calories a day. And Gosh. if you ever, if you have a look at how big this guy is, you know, he's, he's built like a tree you know, <laughs> or, or a car, maybe, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's pretty, um, he's pretty broad, yes. but the, the, the fact is it wasn't necessarily a, a physical one for him. It was purely or majoritively, uh, mental. And as we heard in the previous clip, looking at the bottom of the seabed, for 20 to 30 days within the 157 days it took him to swim around. Continually no stimulus from other people. He can't hear anything. He can't taste anything. He's just looking at one solid sandy or silty bed. I think that speaks volumes to me because it helps me realize when I've got a challenge and I can't really see through the, 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 the challenge, the problem, whatever it might be, just to keep on reminding myself, okay, it's a, it's a physical challenge. If I strengthen my mind that little bit, I can cut through it and I can get that clarity in order to succeed and get to the end destination Hmm. a lot easier because it's all within me. I can control my reactions to it. Yeah. And, and I think uh, the, the role of mindset being the, the differentiator, I think we learned that when we studied Michael Jordan, didn't we? You, you actually knew that, in the end, the thing that led to Jordan's success was his mindset, his complete will to win and to get to training first, be the last to leave, to put in the work. And the reason that all of his teammates rose around him was because he never asked them to do anything he wasn't prepared to do himself. Mm. So again, the lesson of hard work comes back. I mean, this is very powerful stuff. And it makes me very curious, um, Mark, on how do you see this working for those of us who aren't swimming <laughs> around Great Britain? Like how do we kind of put some of these things into practice? Like if, if I said to you, okay, so how are you going to apply some of this thinking from Ross Edgley's book, The Art of Resilience? Where might you start? I think it's all about, for me, uh, it's, it's in that last clip where he's, he, I, I'm just imagining myself and drawing a comparison between that feeling that you get, or at least I get, Mike, when I know I've got a lot of spinning plates. There's a kind of weight on your shoulders and you can't really see where to begin. Okay, I've got this thing over here. I've got that thing over there. This is a bit of a challenge and everything's a little bit blurry. I'm now transporting my mind into Ross's experience of swimming. So my face is in the water and it's all a bit silty. I can't really see anything. Maybe it's a bit cold. The destination is, I've only swum maybe 50% around Great Britain. I've still got all of that distance to go. And I think, okay, well, that's okay. All it is, is one swim. Okay. Now I try it again, try mm-hmm. it again and just break mm-hmm. it down into small, let's call them bite-sized pieces. And when I try and break it down and I think about this concept of just do hard work, that's the answer. I think it's, it's completely relatable to me as somebody who, who wants to try and do the best project or the best work possible. They, and you can do that with uh, just spending your own time, really thinking about that problem, writing it down, preparing, maybe it's practicing, maybe it's mm-hmm. learning new skills in order to deliver it the best with your team. 
And I think it's like you say with, with Jordan, it was the preparation. It was the practice. He was putting in the hours. Mm. And I think that translates directly into this concept of hard work as well, which is if you're going to go out and do the best work you can, you just have to create that process and framework around the work that you're doing in order to enable you to go and do the best version or the best uh, level of hard work that you can do. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? it it's, it's like resilience becomes um, like a habit or like James Clear was saying, you know, habits are our lifestyle mm. and, they're, and they're not just for a fixed amount of time. It's like that they become a way of operating I, th- I think this is what I was starting to see within Angela's work with grit. Mm. This idea of grit being um, not disposable is, is I guess, a, a, an interesting way of putting it. It's mm. something you have to learn. And it's not something that we're taught at school. Resilience isn't something that you're going to sit down and say, okay, what's my next class? It's English, it's math, it's resilience. Mm. <laughs> Instead, as we referred back to, I think in, in that show, or maybe it was last week, Mike, you and I were reflecting on the idea that it is something that you start learning more as you get older, because you're running into more of these challenges. You're not necessarily, you and I aren't necessarily taking on challenges like swimming Great Britain every couple of months. <laughs> Instead, our version of swimming Great Britain will be, maybe it's a difficult project. Maybe it's a difficult conversation. And by practicing and building that resilience early in advance, maybe it's through projects that have gone a little bit sideways in the past, or maybe it's just by reflecting and learning on people like Ryan Holiday, Eric, Angela, or Ross, we can start learning these techniques in order to be, like you say, uh, create a habit of resilience and reflect mm. on it, dig into it. Maybe it's daily, ideally it's daily, or maybe it's weekly. And through the act of looking into it, I think we can start building that foundation of resilience earlier so that when we do inevitably run into a challenge, whatever it might be, whether it's jumping in the water and swimming Great Britain or otherwise, we're going to be that little bit more prepared. Yes. And so, so I think, you know, the, the point that we get to here is a very good reminder of some of the themes that Ross is touching on that came back in some of the other shows in our resilience series. I think what we saw from Angela, grit is a defining factor of success. So she had studied 16,000 people. She'd gone to West Point and studied the candidates at West Point. So for me, The interesting thing here is her thinking around that statistically resilience and grit were defining factors of success. And then what we saw was the capacity of Eric Grittens to help a friend who was overwhelmed in challenge to build resilience as a process, as a habit, as a way of operating. And what's quite interesting the, the, the two sides of this challenge is what we'll hear from, from Ross Edgeley is we have complete control of our thoughts and resilience is free. However, resilience is hard because we have these trigger points that when we push ourselves, when we encounter our limits, we have a natural desire to want to stop. Don't we, Mark? And so this is what this is the the real pointy end of making it a habit is pushing through those barriers. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I really, really do. Many times, or maybe not many times, but several times in my career, have I run into moments when I think, oh, this project is is a little bit uncomfortable now. I really wish I wasn't here. And your natural inclination often is, uh, well, in which case, I'm out of here. And when you look back, you know, fast forward six months, a year, whatever it might be, you think back and say, actually, you know what? That was really pivotal in my growth. I was able to really learn something from that, Mm. which I didn't see at the time. And that value of force, uh, sorry, what's the right word, Mike? Uh, Not foresight. When you reflect back, (laughs) (laughs) when you, when you, the opposite of foresight, uh, when you hindsight, 
when you have that hindsight and you look back at that challenge and you think, oh yeah, you know what? That really did define me. And now I am that little bit stronger. That's the, the work that I think we can, we can get out of reflecting on resilience so much. And going back to the show on Eric, what I thought was a very, very valuable lesson from, from Eric, and I think I can see references within Ross's work as well, is this circle of control. Yeah. So the circle of control, right, I can't, I, I'm Ross, I can't control the weather around the northwest tip of, of the UK, but if I don't get in, I'm going to lose several hours. So mm. what do I do? I'll put my face in the water and I'll give it a go. Yes. That resilience, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a hard swim, but I'm going to expose myself because I can see the benefit in the long run. That seems to me, that speaks volumes again to me. This idea of the circle of control. I can control my emotions to the cold, to the discomfort. I'll go in and get over that. Yeah, and what we saw is, um, you know, stories of people in their early years in a previous show, Disney was told that he didn't have any imagination. Oprah was told she wasn't good for, for television. If they hadn't been resilient, they would never have gone on to achieve what they have. But likewise, even when you pursue something and you are resilient, but you don't get the result, what we can often find is, oh, I didn't succeed at that. However, I met this person there or this new opportunity came because I did it. And then I found my thing. Like how often do you hear stories like that, that um, it was doing something to your very best effort, sticking to it. And even if you didn't achieve the heights that you dreamt of, often something maybe indirectly good comes of that endeavor, doesn't it? Yeah, that it's very, very true. Once you've experienced that discomfort, maybe it's collaborating with the right people, or maybe it's just testing your your character, your spirit, you're going to have that benefit in the long run. And that, for me, Mike, is really what we're trying to do on the Moonshot Show, isn't it? We're trying to look at these individuals, these inspirational characters in the world and determine what we can learn from them. And I think the thing that underpins the majority, if not all of them, is this character, this ability to immerse themselves, put their uh, backs against the grindstone and just get it out. Yes. And so I think it's the ritual of being able to um, instantly respond when you sense yourself doubting, questioning, judging, even contemplating giving up, that you say no. Hard work is the answer. Resilience is the answer. Grit and determination. Get on the other side. Like why would you suffer and then give up in the middle of this so-called suffering and challenge, move through that so that you can get to the other side. And I think Mm. we all know there is another side of it. Like there's no permanent valley of darkness, is there, Mark? Not in my experience, no, because you can always complete the project or you can always uh, get through the difficult conversation and come out the other side. Yes. You know, yes. And, and that then enables you to look back and say, Hey, that was, that wasn't so bad. Or maybe it was that bad, but it didn't last forever. And now I, here I am, I'm that little bit stronger. Exactly. So let's catapult ourselves to the moment where we hear from Ross Edgeley, what he does when he hears the doubts coming into his mind, what does he do when he faces this valley of darkness, this great challenge. We get the the privilege and the opportunity now to hear from Ross Edgeley how he gets on the other side. The, the main thing that I've learned is just to focus on the process. Too many people will focus on the outcome. Yeah. So if you're running a marathon, you're going, how many ever run? How many ever run? Uh, you know, oh, 26.2 miles. How many miles are it? How many miles? But sometimes if you just get lost in the motion and you're just like, oh, I'm just running and four foot, I'm using running as an example, but four foot striking. Oh, that feels all right. And oh, the crowd, this is nice. I'm enjoying the process. And oh, all of, oh yeah, I've just had an energy. I'm full of, all of a sudden the outcome will be inevitable if you focus on the process. 
my uh, my little brother, he's he's an actor, and he told me, do you know what, Ross? With with such sensory deprivation going on, uh, you can't hear anything. You can only see the bottom of the pool. Um, you know, your mind is going to wander. And he said, just embrace that. So wherever it goes, just run with it. And it, it sounds weird, but during some of my longer swims, um, you end up just like planning what you're going to have for Christmas dinner, like a year in advance. You are almost daydreaming. It's like moving meditation. And if you get lost in that, it's one of the best things you can do because you can plan things in your head and holidays and what you're going to have for dinner and everyone's Christmas presents are sorted. And then when you look at your watch, you're like, oh, wow, 10K has gone. You know, so if you can tap into that, it's one of the most powerful things you can do. <laughs> I love that, Mike, because it's so casual. Ross's casual reflection from I'm swimming Great Britain, but at the same time, I'm multitasking and I'm planning all my Christmas presents for my family. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the, um, the, the burden of a big goal or objective um, can really weigh you down and, and like, if you've got to swim around Great Britain for 157 days and you're on day two and you're like, this is really hard. I've got another 155 days mm. to go. <laughs> That's not a very productive way to look at it. But isn't it interesting um, that you hear from so many great sports people, it is very common now in elite sports people to hear focus on the process, not the outcome, build the uh, the muscle memory, build the the flow, build the rhythm, lose yourself in the process, be at one with the process. You know, what comes to my mind is how, um, you know, when you look at great music artists like Michael Jackson, he would lose himself in the music. He would dance as if almost like he's dancing is part of the music. He's not thinking about making a num another number one. He's in the process. And what's quite interesting, what we learn from our habit series, if we think about work and when we think about relationships, if you put the effort in, if you do the hard work to call your family, your friends, to spend time with them, if you put in the hard work to do the things to get ready for a meeting, to get ready for a presentation, if you do the work, don't worry on the outcome because you, if you know that you've put in the work, good things can happen. And I think it's really powerful to hold on to that in the face of uncertainty, go back to the process. This is quite a significant penny drop moment for me, Mike, because I will be, I'm regularly focused on the outcome. So mm. I will judge the success of my, um, my process, my work, uh, maybe that of my team based on the output. And I, I quite like where you've just gone there. I like that story with, with Michael Jackson, as well as where, where Ross went, took us here as well in that clip, which is just enjoy yourself. You know, it's, it's something that I really get lost or, or I, I lose track of mm. I'll focus on. Okay. Uh, much like when you're doing a run, okay, I've only done 2K, I've got another eight to go. <laughs> oh no, it's going to take me forever. And what does it do? Well, it, it stresses you out. It puts mm. too much pressure on the situation. And much like if you're beginning a big old project and you'll see, oh, it's going to last for six months, a year. Okay, well, this is a bit of a challenge. I wish it was over. What's going to happen? Your ability to, to perform is going to be impacted, isn't it? Mm. Because you're not in the right headspace. And instead... And exactly like imagine yourself swimming around Great Britain. Oh, I've still got 150 days to go. If Ross was continually uh, obsessing over counting down the strokes, counting down the days, I mean, he would have been probably even more miserable than he was. Yeah. Uh, but, but you're hearing from him here and he sounds upbeat. And what he's done, and I want to come back to your reference to Michael Jackson, is removing the pressure of, oh, I've got to have a number one, number one song. Right. Remove that. What does he do? He enjoys the act of making music, which is his passion. Mm. And he enjoys the process. Likewise with Ross. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go out, have a go swimming. I enjoy swimming. Uh, what, what can I, what, where can I, what can I think about? Okay. Well, it's Christmas presents. He's not thinking about his efficiency in the water or anything like that. Right. He's removing that pressure. And that's a huge lesson. I think Mike, 
when I'm reflecting on projects that I work on, if I remove that pressure, that output, and instead just think, okay, well, I can just work on the process right now. I can do my best work and hard work is obviously the answer. Suddenly it feels that little bit lighter, doesn't it? It does. It does. So let's do a little exercise um, and ask ourselves like what our process is. And like for me on any day, like the first three things that I focus on, good sleep, good healthy food and good exercise. Like for me, that's my, my platform, getting focused on that, um, getting up and um, making sure that I tick those three things in order to have the best day I possibly can to do the best work, to be the best father, the best husband I can be. Like for me, that's an essential part of my process. Um, and then I get into stuff like writing down uh, the important things for the day, making sure I've got a clear list of tasks that are um, balanced against my uh, my calendar. So, you know, weighing up the work and the time, that's another big part of my process. Even before we get into the work itself. Those are some of the process things that I do. I'm interested to know, Mark, like, what do you do? What's your, what are the kind of key elements of your process? Uh, two, two similar things. Um, I will also try and get exercise. That's my way of, I, I read and I heard a, a pretty interesting interview the other day that broke down your kind of energy that's surging through your body. And mm. particularly in that fight or flight moment, you've got a lot of uh, energy that almost wants a reaction. You know, you want to run, you want to flee. Mm. So channeling that into some form of exercise for me really helps ground my my mind mm. rather than let it, you know, fly off. Mm. So exercise for me, a huge one. Lots of water as well. That's mm. that, that for me really, really helps freshen, I guess, myself, you know, it kind of gets hydration. rid of hydration. Hydration is often a cause of fatigue, right? Absolutely. Hydration for me is, is so huge. Um, always has been. And that really helps me keep a, a clear head, but also, uh, focus. It actually affects my focus quite a lot. Um, as well as writing stuff down, whether it's over the weekend and I'll be sitting there maybe on a Sunday and I'll be thinking, okay, well, what do I need to do this week? I've got so much. The simple act of taking a few minutes and writing down a couple of things and thinking, okay, well, I know I've got to do this. Well, that's cool because now I've got it out of my head. It's no longer mm-hmm. a, uh, a ball that is bouncing around in my brain. The act of journaling, the act of writing something down is actually my way of preparing for the week and, and preparing myself for the, the upcoming day. Yeah. Uh, not only as a means of reflecting on the previous day, okay, well, how was I yesterday? How can I improve on myself today? A la Jordan Peterson. Mm. Instead, it's, okay, well, just the act of getting everything out onto paper then allows my brain to have that little bit of space to then go into whatever that work might be. So rather than being distracted by uh, almost like notifications, Mike, internal yeah. notifications. <laughs> if you turn off your internal notifications by journaling or writing it. it down, that, that helps me keep a clear head. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? That, um, you see a, a list of things that we're describing there is focusing on process, which we have learned a lot from the 148 shows that we've done journaling, um, waking up early, sleeping well, eating well, exercising, planning ahead, being prepared, um, putting in the work, right? Thinking clearly, writing things down, asking tough questions. These are all part of the process. And very much um, if you focus on that, you can be resilient because, you know, the nice thing is if you had a good sleep, you worked out and you wrote your journal, wow, you can feel really good because you can tick off three things that are your process. So regardless of the challenge that you're facing, well, I've already had a good start to the day, you know, slept well, exercised, did my thing, journaled, ready to go. I've got a good plan for the day. Okay. I might be swimming uh, with sharks around Great Britain, <laughs> but you know, I'm prepared and I'm focused on the process, right? Yeah. It, it, it's exactly like William H. McRaven, uh, make your bed in the morning because then you know when you come back to it later, something's already been done. Mm. And it's the act of ticking something off, getting it out of your brain and moving along 
is is so um, helpful at grounding yourself and starting that day off right. Yeah, I totally yes. agree. Yes. And it's almost like just like any athlete would have a warm-up training and warm-down program, we should have the same for us, both in our personal and professional lives. But you know what, Mark, we've got one more, one more thought uh, from Ross Edgeley, the author of Art of Resilience. And it's a big one, Mark. So why don't you and our listeners get ready for the last thought from Mr. Ross Edgeley. For a lot of people probably watching when they say, um, I want to do something similar. How do I do it? And I'm like, well, you, you look at the Great British Swim and you've got to know that's the the sum and substance of over 10 years of doing this. You know, and I did it initially, as you know, to raise money from, for, for charity, Teenage Cancer Trust, because of my friend. Um, so I did it purely one to give myself something to train for when I stopped playing international sport I wanted something to do um and then two it was just it was really just to to do something that was bigger than the event itself and bigger than me and if that was raising money getting people involved that that was always the the thing but for anyone watching so how do I kind of get involved you got to understand I always started off and even with this I start off with like what how can I do this with the least resources so when I did the world's strongest marathon, that was when we first caught up, I was like, I can run a marathon because I can, I can, you can do that anywhere, you know, as, as long as I've got something flat and I've got a car, you know, it's an old car, like, but, and I've got a harness that my friend, strong man, you know, Jeff Capes lent me one as well, like two time world's strong man. He was like, there's an old one you can have. And I was like, cool. So I was like, I've got a harness. And then I was like, and my girlfriend, she'll probably sit in the car like while I pull it for a marathon. Like she's used to, so that, and I was like, so what do you need to run a marathon pulling a car? nothing is free start something and it can be so small and that and another nice thing even um this honestly i love this story but after the triathlon you know i did that as you know in nevis to raise awareness for their uh, eco projects wants to become the world's first uh, carbon neutral island by 2020 so i did their triathlon carrying a tree and called it a triathlon and that was the thing so somebody saw that and there was a guy out in i think he was from new zealand and he ended up doing it with 100 pounds of dog food to raise money for the dog shelter back home and i was just like i love that you've just taken it and just made it your own and done it and and he, and, and the triathlon was already set up in his hometown so all the health and safety was there and he just went up to the organizer and he just said hey i'm gonna do it but carrying dog food and the organizer was like okay and so then it, it didn't cost him any more than it would have done to enter a normal triathlon. And you get, I think the point, I, was, I suppose I was, you know, in a roundabout way is you still get those, those moments, you know, and it doesn't need to be as grand as the Great British Swim. You can do it. It doesn't need to be as grand as the Great British Swim. I think, Mike, is the key um, reference and reflection that I have mm. upon these different lessons and these tips from Ross today, we don't all need to jump in the water and swim um, nearly 2,000 miles, do we? Because we can actually utilize these lessons around you know, patience, uh, courage, mindset that Ross uh, experienced in that pretty uh, record-breaking uh, occurrence and applied to our own lives because fundamentally, you know, sometimes it feels like we're swimming around Great Britain ourselves, right? Mm, it can. And, and what I think is he's also inviting us to start small, but most importantly, just start, isn't he? Just start. Exactly. Just have a go, go out, um, begin today. Mm. And you'll then be able to, whether you've already started practicing and have a habit of resilience or not, if you start today, you'll then be growing that muscle, mm. that resilience from today mm. uh, onwards. So it's really mm. an invitation to not only go out and, and give yourself uh, an ambition, an objective, a goal. Instead, it's a challenge to all of us today to go out and do something that maybe feels a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Because and that rem- will benefit us. Yeah, because it reminds me a lot of the Tim uh, Ferriss show that we did. And he talks so much about people setting crazy big goals. And then, you know, very early on in the process, they focus so much on the outcome and realize how far they have to go. And what Ross Edgley is doing is like, well, focus on the process, not the outcome. And two, start free and it can, and it can be small. Like, I think that's the thing because, mm. you know, if you, you know, to, if you say, listen, I'm going to uh, write a white paper, then just write a paragraph a day 
And then pretty soon you'll be like, I'm going to write two paragraphs a day, right? I think, you know, the, the, the powerful thing here is focus on the process, not the outcome. That's a big one, but also get started. Don't defer. Don't get stuck in your mind like if, maybe, but, what, if, no. He's just saying start, isn't he? Don't defer. That's a great um, lesson or, or tip from Ross because I think we could all, you know, say, oh, I'll begin it tomorrow. And, and realistically, Mike, that's just an excuse. Mm. Oh, I'm not ready yet. I'll, <laughs> I'll give it another go maybe next year yeah. or something like that. Instead, hey, it doesn't matter. You don't need to have a record-breaking 10K run or you don't need to have a success right off the bat. Instead, just go out, give it a go, see how you react to things, see what things you can improve upon and just learn about your reaction to these things because like Eric called out and even Angela, you're going to run into hardships in life. So laying this foundation now, go out, don't defer is a way to prepare yourself and create that daily habit sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I tell you what's another great daily habit. Mark is becoming a member of the Moonshots podcast, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it really, really is. Not only with my journaling, it's something else that becomes a daily <laughs> occurrence. It's going out and checking our Moonshots members. So members and listeners, please pop along to www.moonshots.io where you can subscribe. You can become members to the master series. And Mike, we have comprehensive deep dives with a number of moonshotters that not only have we dug into before, but also brand new individuals we haven't previously covered on the show with mm. motivation, with first principles, with collaboration. And boy, we've even got a handful of things coming later this year, Mike, around habits, circles of influence, communication. We've got a huge uh, plethora of content that's in that area, but you can only get access to it if you are a Moonshots member. Absolutely the case. And you get a, a lunar power dose of good vibes uh, from us to you. So, I mean, I don't know who could uh, say no to such an invitation, but I want to ask you, Mark, um, we have got to uh, the end of the Ross Edgeley show. And I want to ask you, what's the big one that you're taking away from this show? It, it's going to be the putting one foot in front of the other and just have another mm. Uh, go breaking it down rather than focusing on that outcome. So step away from the the immediate uh, the immediate focus on is it going to be a success or not, and instead think, okay, well, how can I best utilize the idea of hard work? It's doing one thing at a time, one step in front of the other. I can plan and I can look back and I can see the overview of the big picture, mm. but by breaking it down, I can put my best effort into each single inverted commas bite size piece, one thing at a time mm. in order to help myself get to a really, really good process that then in the long run, maybe it ladders up to a good successful output, but right now don't get too obsessed with the output. Instead, focus on that process. How about, how about you? Where are you best uh, leaning towards following the show on Ross? Hard work is the answer. Yeah. When in doubt, don't don't worry, don't think about the question, the challenge. Focus on the input of hard work. Be resilient. Stick with it. Know that that's the thing that that is the differentiator. This was a very powerful reminder for me. But and I mean, I liked your ones as well. But that mm -hmm. one really, really got me. Pretty good stuff, right? Yeah, huge. Very, very valuable addition within our series on on resilience. I thought hearing from somebody who has so much to reflect upon a pretty record-breaking, pretty grueling physical experience. Totally. Totally. Well, Mark, I want to say thank you to you. And I want to th say thank you to you, our listeners. It's been great to have you join us to learn out loud uh, with none other than Ross Edgeley and his book, The Art of Resilience. And what a story it was. He really got to the essence of it and said that it is resilience that redefines who you are. And it starts with hard work. Don't obsess about the outcome 
Don't worry about the challenge. Focus on the hard work. And the reason he has so much to teach is he did that swimming around the entirety of Great Britain for 157 days. And the way he did it was focusing on the process, not the outcome. He put one foot in front of the other or one arm swimming in front of the other. Whatever it takes, focus on the process, not the outcome. And this is an option that you have right now. You can start today. Resilience is free. It may be hard, but it is free and it is the thing that will transform your life. It will help you become the very best version of yourself. And that's what we're all about here at the Moonshots Podcast. That's a wrap.